Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Glory, we give you honor and we give you praise in this house on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter. 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 2. 2 Samuel, the, no, I'm going to start at verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. And I'm reading out the New King James Version. The Word of God now reads, It happened in the spring of the year, At the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him and he laid with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I'm with child. You may be seated. I want to talk about today, controlling your thoughts will control your actions. Controlling your thoughts will control your actions. Now, we want to look at control. Control means to have power over something. That's what control is, to have power over something. We should, as Christians, as saints, set apart ones, we should have power over our thoughts. And I'm going to say even the unsaved, you have Um, power over your thoughts what you choose to do and what you choose not to do because God has given all of us that right so it's to have control over something now a thought when we look at a thought a thought comes by your way of thinking this is why the word of God says for as a man thinketh in his heart so is he so does he become so the enemy knows if I can get you to think more on evil than I can get you to think on good, that's what's going to become in your life, and that's the action you're going to take. So when you control your thoughts, you will control your actions. The enemy does not want us to get into the Word of God and allow the Word of God to get into us because he knows when that Word gets rooted and grounded on the inside of us that it will control our actions. That's our behavior. That's the way we go about doing things. So the Lord took me back to David, and he always um, 
have familiar passages that people can be familiar with so they will know exactly where God is coming from. God will break down something and make it so simple that a child would even receive what God has to say. In that first verse, we see that David should have went to battle. It said it was a time of year when the kings go to battle. But for some reason, David, he sent Joab. Joab was his nephew. He was a commander in David's army. Now, I believe that David trusted Joab. I believe he did. But David should have went in battle with Joab and the servants. But he chose, he chose not to go. And this is what God was telling me. When you are a leader... When you are over something that God has put you over, it's not about what you want to do that day. It's not about you. This is why Paul always said, I have been crucified with Christ. And he said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. If we can get this deep down on the inside of us, we will understand that our lives don't belong to us. Our bodies don't belong to us. Our bodies belong to God. But understand this. Our bodies belonging to God is through the born again experience. When you're not born again, you already done given your body to Satan. Until you become born again, that's when your body is the temple of the Lord. Your body does not become his temple until you're born again because he's not going to live in an unclean house. Understand this. You made the decision who you gave your body to. David was a man after God's own heart. But David chose that day to just lay out. And, and hey, everybody need rest, right? But we have to understand the enemy is always setting a trap for us. The enemy is always trying to make us do something outside of what God has positioned us to do. Sometimes it's not good to go on vacation. Sometimes it's not good to go to the mall. Sometimes it's not good to get your nails done, women. Sometimes it's not good to get your hair done, women. Sometimes you have to say, Lord, this is what I want to do. But God, what would you have for me to do today? Because Satan is a trickster. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. Just because you have enough to do this or you have enough to do that, that don't mean you should do it. I'm going to say it again. Just because all of your bills are paid, just because and you making the decision, I'm going to go be a shopaholic today. But if that's not in God's plan for you that day, you need to learn to wait on the Lord. That's why we got to stay before the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have for me to do in this day? This is what I want to do. I'm planning my way. But God, you order my steps. Every way of a man seems right in his own eyes. But if it's not lining up with what God wants you to do and how he wants you to do it, you have to be still. You have to ask the Lord, what's best for me? God, this is how I feel. Y'all, you cannot go on a feeling. Your feelings will trap you. Your feelings will mess you up. And some people say, oh, I feel so good about that. Everything good ain't God. 
See, sometimes we can be in a place in our flesh that have an extra make us feel good because it make us feel important and make us feel like I can do like this one and I can do like that one. Now I can go get my nails done. Now I can get my hair done because I got $50 extra. But you haven't consulted with God to say, God, what would you have for me to do with what I have left? That verse. David was king. He was the king. The king should have been with his men. When David went out to battle, he was with his men in war. But for some reason, David decided to stay home that day. Some people say it's okay. He's always doing. He should rest. But, hey, we're going to see what happened from him staying home. See, this is why your discerning of spirit need to be sharp. God has given us the nine gifts of the spirit. He has given us that. And so we have to ask Lord, sh- the Lord, show me, Lord, what you would have for me this day. Show me, God, between good and evil. Show me, Lord. Allow the discerning of spirits to be stirred up in me so I will know. So David, he did not go. And let's start from there. David did not go. And then it said, then it happened. One evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, can somebody say, and from the roof, roof. say, and from the roof. roof. Now check this out. David was home. He arose from his bed. I think that was just a trap of the enemy. He rose from his bed and from his roof. All of a sudden, there was Bathsheba bathing. Come on, somebody. Couldn't there not been another time when Bathsheba could have bathed? Maybe it could not have been. But we got to understand how familiar spirits operate, y'all. We talked about familiar spirits. Those familiar spirits know your weaknesses. Those familiar spirit knows the things that you like, knows the things that you don't like. So those familiar spirits, they, the enemy used them to follow you in your weaknesses. So it said, and David, and from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Now, we're going to talk about this scripture. Go with me to 1 John 2. And let's look at something where we have to be 1 John 2, 15 and 16. And we got to understand what the devil uses to take us out of position, to put us in the way of the world. 1 John 2, 15 through 16, the expanded Bible. This is what the Bible saying. Do not love the world or the things and associated with the world. Let me read it again. Do not love the world or the things in, in associated with the world. Now understand that we are in a fallen world. And some things that we're doing, some people say, well, you're doing things just like the world is doing it. I want to break that down. When you love the things of the world, when you're going after the things of the world more than you going after the things of God, it shows what you love. When you're spending more time, I'm, I'm just going to use me for example. If I'm spending more time on my hair, on my nails, and I'm glorifying that in my feet 
more than I'm spending time with God, then I'm loving the things of the world more than I'm loving the things of God because I want to get that look of the world. I want to be just like the world is. But if, if I'm getting my hair done and my nails done, not to look like the world, but I'm just getting it done. Not to be like Beyonce or anybody else. I'm just getting it done because I have my own look. Okay? I'm not trying to get the look of somebody else. I have my own look. That don't mean I'm loving the world. But when you're trying to get the look like the world, when you're trying to dress like the world, that means you're conforming to the pattern of the world. But if I have my own look, and that look that I have is going to bring glory to God and it's not going to bring glory to me, there is a difference. Understand. Because some of us, we need a little makeup. Not because we're trying to look like the world. But sometimes things change, does it not? Sometimes you need a little something to wake you up. But then it may be days that God say, just don't put on nothing. Some people may not agree. <laughs> but if you're doing things to please the world, then there's a problem. So do not love the world or the things associated with the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. The love for the Father is not in you. And then it says, these are the ways of associated with the world. Wanting to please our sinful selves. That's what I said. Wanting to please your sinful self. That means the flesh, the desire, the lust of the flesh. Wanting the sinful things we see, that's the lust of the eyes. And being too proud of what we have, the pride of life, possessions, none of these comes from the Father, but all them come from the world. Why did I put that in there? Remember, David was after the heart of God. That's what David wanted. His heart was after God's heart, right? We know that David loved God, and all of us, I believe, we love God, but sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we miss it because we get too sensitive to the things of the world more than being sensitive to the things of God. So what he did when he saw this woman from his roof, when he saw a woman bathing, that's the lust of the flesh. This is the tools the enemy used. He saw this woman bathing, that's the lust of the flesh. Understand that lust of the flesh is going to come, men. Women is going to come. But when it do come, you got to turn away from that. Because if you don't turn away from that, you're going to catch a thought. Understand what I'm saying? If you do not turn away a man or a woman, if, you don't, if a woman don't turn away from a man, a woman may say, oh, that man is handsome. And she turn away. There's nothing wrong with that. Or that man may say that woman is beautiful. And he turn away from that. It's nothing wrong with that. But when you do like David. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. He didn't turn away. He was gazing. His eyes didn't turn away from that woman bathing. Because he said she was very beautiful. To what? Behold, so David saw her, and when he saw her, he should have turned away from her. But David looked on her beauty. She was very beautiful to behold. What am I saying in this house today? 
I'm saying that when you, men or women, look at another female or a man and you don't turn away, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you the gospel truth. You can say you didn't want the woman, but inside you did. Help me, Holy Ghost, and he is helping me. The Lord is bringing us in the house for a reason. Because sometimes we have some issues that we need to deal with. And God brings the word to help you deal with those issues. Because he don't want us outside of his word, his will. So David saw her, the lust of the eye. Then David behold the lust of the flesh. Then he was beholding her beauty. That's the lust of the eye. So that means that David inside of his mind. David took a thought. He began to think about how it would be to be with the. He was thinking how it would be to be with that woman. And he had enough concubines and he had enough wives that he didn't need to mess with this woman. Oh, I'm going back there. I got to stay there. And walked on the roof of the king's house. Now if the king had to went to battle. And done what he's supposed to have done. He wouldn't have got sought up as Deacon Rick say. But he got sought up because he took his mind off of where God wanted him to be. And he stayed home and the enemy entrapped him. It was from the roof of the king's house. He was in his house. And from the roof, he saw, he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So you got the lust of the flesh and you got the lust of the eye. This is all dealing with the word. Let me back it up. Go back to the beginning again. God always to take you all over the word of God to let you know what's being talked about. Amen. So we want to follow the word of God. So go back to Genesis three. Here we go again. They were in the Garden of Eden. They had everything that they needed. Amen. It it is so. They had everything that they needed. But the enemy is always waiting to make you feel like you need more. Women, you could have a good husband. A husband that treats you like a queen. A husband that does not put you above God, but treats you just like Christ treats the church. Men, you may have a Proverbs 31 woman. A woman who makes sure you eat, a woman who makes sure your clothes are clean, a woman who makes sure that every need that's needed for you is met. But all of a sudden, here come the enemy. It may be on your job, it may be outside your job, it may be right there in your home when your wife is inviting her best friend. And the husband beholds that best friend. And he began to look. Upon the best friend and cannot get it out of his head. Just let me go on. So here we go. The serpent was in the garden. This serpent is what God has created. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. The serpent was a good thing. This is what God created in that garden was that serpent. That serpent was amongst Adam and Eve. You better know who you labored amongst. Because Adam and Eve thought that that serpent was okay. 
But that serpent allowed Satan, the serpent allowed Satan to use him. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't allow nobody to use you. Say it again. Say, no matter who it is from the pulpit to the congregation. Say, don't allow nobody to use you. Just because they say Jesus. So here's this serpent. And this serpent is going to begin to talk with Eve. I believe Eve them communicated with everything God created. Because God created it good. David, he the one that named this serpent. So they were, cre- you know, talking with him. And the serpent told Eve, have God. Now, come on now. Come, let me talk about it. What did he say? (laughs) He said, has God indeed said, now check this. Have God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. See, y'all got to understand how this enemy is. First of all, this enemy, he's going to twist what God is saying because he wants you to focus on what God, he don't want you to focus on what God said. He wants you to focus on what he's saying. He wants you to focus on what God told you not to do. Right? But he want to twist it. He wants you to focus on what he wants you to do, not on what God told you not to do. So how did he get Eve to do this? He kept talking about that tree that God told her not to eat from. Anything that God tells you not to do, that's going to be your focus. The enemy going to use that for your focus because he's going to make you think that God don't know. He said, did God indeed say you shall not eat from that tree? So Eve began to explain what God said and she put touch in there. But either way, she knew that she should not have ate from that tree, right? So look what the enemy did to Eve. He had to put her eyes on the what? Tree. He says, so when, this is the last thing he said, for God knows, verse 5, that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So listen at this. So when the woman saw, here we go, saw again. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, what was that? The pride of life. See what the enemy is using. If you can catch hold to what the enemy is using, no one would be able to fool you. I don't care if they say they're born again. Because the enemy used what God created to get Eve to mess with something God told her not to mess with. That's just how cunning the enemy is. This is why you got to have your relationship so tight. So connected with God through fellowship that no matter who tell you what, if it's not in the work, let me explain something. God will illuminate the word. He will reveal the word. He will shine light on the word. He will take a scripture out of the word, something that you don't see, and he'll unfold it to allow you to see this is what I'm talking about. Because God will say God is love. We'll read that, but we don't get nothing out of it. But when God unfolds his love to you, 
When God reveals his love unto you through that one verse, you will know God's love. See, we take the word and we don't wait to get revelation. We don't wait to get illumination. This is what's happening, y'all. This is why we have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So I'm showing you what happened to David and was happening in the very beginning. The enemy uses what he wants to use to get what he wants. So we're going back to David. So we see what, da- what was happening with David here. He saw that woman. He had the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And guess what happened to David? After, then he began to inquire. So he was doing a little bit right there, but it was still wrong. It says, so David sent and inquired about the woman. And they told David that this woman was married, y'all. They told David who she was, who she was married to. That should have been enough to capture that thought. Should it not? It should have been enough. But guess what old David did? Then David sent messengers and took her. That's the pride of life. David was saying, I'm king. I'm going to get what I want. That's the pride of life. See, that's how the enemy does. He'll put pride in there. He wants people to do what he wants them to do. So he used the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. So he brought the lady to him. He laid with that lady knowing that she was married and that was a sin. He knew this, but he did it anyway. Then we're going to go a little bit further. What happened? We know that she got pregnant. She conceived the child. Where am I going? Controlling your thoughts will control your actions. Now look at your neighbor and say, don't act like you don't know. So don't act like you don't know. Say, you gaze long enough. I'm going somewhere else. You know that thing that say, take me to the ball game. Go to Matthew 5, 28. Come on, we want to see it for ourselves. Matthew 5, 28. See, you got to see the word of God for yourself. And it's not like you wasn't taught the truth. It's what you do with the truth. It's knowing the truth that make you free. If you don't know the truth, you're thinking that you're already free. But you're not. This said, were you free in him? You're no longer in bondage. Listen at this. But I tell you that if anyone looks at a woman and wants to sin sexually with her, lustfully, with a desire for her, in his mind, heart, he has already done that sin, committed adultery with her. Let me break it down. A man may look at a woman and say, oh, she's beautiful. He go on about his business. A woman may look at a man and say, oh, he's handsome. She go on about her business. But if either one of them, the man or the woman, keep looking at that woman, gazing at that woman, don't turn away from that woman, and see themselves in bed with that woman or with that man, you already committed adultery with her in your heart. That's deep. Jesus was letting the Pharisees know. He was even breaking it down even the more to say, even if you hadn't laid with this woman physically, but you have laid with her in your heart because you refused to turn away from this woman and your thoughts always was, 
you know, saying, man, she looked good. Man, man, she looked good. I mean, her weight, her, everything was just so much in place. And you just seeing how she shaped, you're going to go after that like a dog. Oh, I'm just up front with y'all up in here. You're going to go after that because that's where your thought is. Controlling your thoughts will control your actions. If you ain't controlling, if you start thinking about that woman and it's going out there in left field, you better capture that thought. You better cast that stuff down and say, I have a wife. I have somebody I'm committed to. I bind that in the name of Jesus. But if you keep letting that, your thinking go rapid, it's going to form a thought. And when it form a thought, guess what? That action is going to take place. It'll take place in your mind. It'll take place in your imagination. And all of a sudden, you going after that woman to lay with that woman. Then when you get up, then you realize what I done to my wife or the one that I made a commitment to was wrong, but it's too late. This is a quiet place, but I'm not through yet. But I tell you that if anyone looks at a woman and wants to sin sexually with her, looking at her and want to sin sexually with her, that's when you have committed adultery. This is why before we go into a marriage, men and women, you need to get yourself together through the word of God. You need to let the word of God renew you and transform you. Because if you don't, men, you're going to keep sowing oats all over the place. And then you have babies popping up all over the place that look like you. You can't go on a feeling. You got to go on what the word of God is saying and you got to flee. Flee for your life. Come on, look at Joseph. Joseph was a man, and, and the Bible says he was a handsome man. But Joseph would not turn away from God just to lay with the woman. Joseph fleed fornication. He fleed that. But the enemy was mad because he took the right road, and the enemy set him up. But even though he was set up, God still prospered him because he rather obeyed God than obey man. Come on, we got to get to the point that no matter how bad it looked on our behalf, we rather obey God than obey man. No matter how people talk about you, you want to stand for what's right, regardless of how people feel or regardless of what they say. But David, the king, the one that was king over the people of God, David had to have that woman. Why? Because he lusted. After that woman, he did not control his thought. So by not controlling his thoughts, that's where his behavior led. That's where his actions led. Because he did not control it. We can control it, y'all. Even if you ain't in the word of God the way you need to be, you have the Holy Spirit. God has given the Holy Spirit to you to be your comforter, to be your God. Come on, y'all. Even unsaved people know not to mess with another man's wife. Come on. Don't ask me why God is bringing this in this house, but this is where he stopped me and this is where I'm going. He's bringing it in the house for a reason. Anything that God does, he does for a reason. If it ain't in this house, it got to be out there. It's somewhere. 
Because God ain't bringing in here for no reason. If you control your thoughts, you control your actions. And it's not even dealing with fornication and adultery. It's dealing with a lot of things, y'all. If you control your thoughts, you control your attitude. Come on, somebody. If you control your thoughts, you can control your attitude. You can control what comes out of your mouth. You can say that's not appropriate for you got to think about what you're going to say before you say it. The only way you really don't think about something, what you're going to say and it just come out because it's already in the heart. It's already taking root. You can take some people who can cuss like a sailor. Bleep it, bleep, bleep. Everything that come out of their mouth is bleep it, bleep, bleep it, bleep. Oh, I'm so sorry. Then bleep it, bleep, then bleep it, bleep. It's already a root there. Even when they get saved, they, they just keep on cussing. Just keep on cussing. Well, that's what I was taught to do. But I'm asking the Lord to help me and he's going to help them. That don't make them a bad person because they're saving and they keep cussing. They're trying to get over that, that b- behavior. They're trying to get over that action through the thoughts that they have taken. And they will sooner than later. They will get over it if their heart is right towards God. Sooner or later, they won't even be doing that no more. It's where your heart is. So we see what was going on with David. So controlling your thoughts will control your actions. So by David not controlling his thoughts, y'all, it get deep. David recognized after he laid with that woman. After he had that pleasure with his flesh, after he found out that she was pregnant, oh no, what did David do? He had set up a plan because he was king. David was going to do what he wanted to do, so what did he do? He tried to cover it up. How did he try to cover it up? By bringing Uriah in, getting Uriah drunk, and going to send him home to sleep with his wife. She's going to pop up pregnant, and that's going to make it look like Uriah's um, child. But it was actually David, so there was a lie already in there, right? So David was going to deceive Uriah. He was going to deceive Uriah. And guess what? Because he was king, and if this would have happened, the woman would have went along with David. Because he was king. See, just because people are in certain positions, people will go along with those people, even though they know it's wrong and it's not right. It don't matter what position a person is in, when something is not right, we do not want to be in the midst of that. Amen? Because we will be held accountable. So David tried to get Uriah to go home, but um, Uriah was so faithful to David as king that no matter what David did, he said, no, I can't go home and lay with my wife when they're out there in battle, when, you know, when they're doing this and they're doing that. I'm paraphrasing it. So David said, okay, he won't go home. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have him killed. So he sent a note. Y'all know he sent a note to Joab, which was the commander in charge, told him to put him on the front line in the midst of that battle. What happened? Uriah died. There was murder, right? Listen, controlling your thoughts will control your actions. So after he had him murdered, David went on about his business. But I'm going to tell y'all something. God is a good God. Even though we do something that we think we can cover, I'm going to say it again. It's a lot of covers, cover-ups. It's a lot of things that we do. I want to give y'all a warning, men and women. If you think you can be asleep around and you married, and you think 
that is covered up because that woman ain't going to tell nothing or that man ain't going to tell nothing. I beg you to differ. They're going to tell somebody that they feel like they can trust. And it's going to get right back to that man or it's going to get back to that woman. Sooner than later. But if that man and that woman is having, you know, time with the Lord, spending time with God to tell them. God will let them know what's going on, when it's going on, and where it's going on. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. God is not going to let nothing get past his people. He's not. That's just how loving God is. Because when you bring another man and woman in your bedroom, you bring in whatever they have in your bedroom. Y'all, God know what he's doing. So we can't think we're covering up something because it's going to come slap you in the face. It's going to come up sooner than later. So David thought he was covering this up. David thought because he was king that he had everything in control. But guess what God did? He sent Nathan the prophet. God sent a prophet to David. Control your thoughts. You will control your actions. When he sent that prophet, what David said, I have not sinned, paraphrasing, against man. I have sinned. Against God. David was willing to make it right. But God said the sword will not leave your house. Oh, I want to read it. Go to the 11th chapter. The 12th chapter. Verse 10. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. How did David despise God? He did something outside of the will of God. See, when we do something outside of the will of God, we put ourselves in position to despise God. So that's what David did. He put himself in that position. So he said, the sword is not going to leave your house. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your, look at, look at this, from your own house. That's deep. From your own house and I will take your wives. Before your eyes and give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. But I will do this thing before all Israel before the sun. So everything that David did, it was coming back at him. He said, I'm going to raise up adversity in your own house. Y'all know it comes through Absalom. See, God, when he tell you a thing, we put ourselves in position for things to happen. David repented before God. David knew he was wrong, but he had to go through. For, we can repent all we want for what we've done wrong. We're getting it right. We're closing that door. But you done planted some seeds. You done done some things that's going to come up before you this is why it is not good to leave things like it is it is good to open your heart to God and say God how do I handle this because guess what once you handle it the right way when it do come back to your house it ain't like your husband or your wife didn't know you already got it right and what the enemy meant for your harm in that house it's God's already turned it around and made it for your good you can say I recognize what he or she done but we already done settled that issue you don't bring that to my house as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord that's how you handle that situation you don't leave it out there for them to bring it to your house. 
You bring it to your house if you're a man or you say you're a woman. You tell them. You tell them because you love them. Hmm. It's so quiet up in here. When you love a person like Christ loved the church, men, when you love your wife, you don't want your wife looked at all kind of ways. You don't want your wife being put down and say she's stupid. Look at her. I had him. I had him last night. You, you, you don't want your wife feeling that way, feeling disgraced. Love don't do that. Love face the consequences to say, baby, I need to tell you something. You make the decision on what you want to do because I was wrong. This is what I did. So I'm letting you know what I have done. And women, quit beating up other women. Your husband went to that woman. Quit trying to dog out that woman. He made that choice. He made that commitment to you. Quit talking about that woman. It was your husband. Out here fighting these other women. And your husband sitting there laughing. Well, she did whoop her tail, didn't she? No, this is not how it's supposed to be. And men, you don't supposed to be going after another man. That woman messed up. Y'all need to deal with it in your house. Do not go out there and cut the fool and then make them feel, oh, they can't be saved. They're carrying a gun. They're carrying a nine. That's not God. Bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you, even those that have slept with your husband or have slept with your wife. You still supposed to love them. That's why you got to get it right in your own house. All heads turn and say, Lord knows, who is that up in there? <laughs> Ask God. Ask God about it. Because whatever God tell me to bring, I'm going to bring. And it's not because a dog bought me a bone, people. It's because God will bring it and he will break it down to let you know something ain't right. I ain't call your name. Mm -hmm. He knows my name. Oh, how he walks with me. Mm. And oh, how he talks with me. And oh, how he tells me that I am. There you go. So we see what was going on with who? David. Let me tell y'all something what God will do. Sometimes we can read the Bible, but we don't really get out of the Bible what God is saying because we just read it but if we take the word for what it is when God direct you somewhere when God directed me here I said God I don't want to use no David everybody know about David and his mess everybody know what David did and David repented I don't want to go back to David give me something new y'all know how you say God give me something give me something else but God kept taking me right back here and I'm going to show you why God is taking it here 
So when we look at David and what David done, David still repented, but God said, this is still going to happen in your house. So y'all understand that we go into chapter 13. Look at verse 1. After this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. So that means that was his stepsister, right? Amnon, listen at this, was so distressed over his sister, Tamar, that he became sick, for she was a virgin. And it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. I'm going to stop right there. Remember, Amnon is David's son. Tamar is David's daughter. They both got a brother, Absalom, right? So Amnon wanted his sister, Tamar. We know that's incest. So he knew that she was a virgin. And those virgins was watched closely, and he got purity sick because his thoughts, he didn't control his thoughts. His thoughts was always on Tamar because it said he loved her. This was a lustful love. He wanted to have something that he could not have. It got to the point that he became ill. Where am I going? Controlling your thoughts will control your actions. But when you don't control your thoughts, whatever thought it is, you will become sick. If you have ill will against somebody and you thinking about that all the time, You're thinking about how they did you and what they done to you. You can raise your blood pressure and become sick. You can become so um, uh, fixated on that person and how bad they done you that it changed your body functions. You become so angry that you can't even see right. Come on, I'm talking right. Come on, because you ain't controlling your thoughts. Your feelings are getting all over the place. You can't even have the peace of God that's in you to be coming um, through you like a river because you are meditating on how bad they done you, what they said, how they said it, when they said it. And all of a sudden, you don't want to eat. Get mad, you don't want to eat. I don't feel like eating nothing. Food don't even taste right no more. It could be in a marriage, in a relationship, when somebody done you so wrong and you just loved on them and you know you were there for them and you get so mad every time you look at them that you become sick. I feel like I can throw up every time I look at you. Because guess what's happening? You're seeing them in the act of it. You're seeing them with somebody else, so it changes your whole demeanor. Come on, control your thoughts. We'll control your actions. If you do not control your thoughts, then your actions is going to go out and try to hurt somebody. You're going to jump on that man all the time because you forgave him once. You forgave him twice. But three strikes, you out of here. Come on, I'm talking. I keep forgiving you, but you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And you say, you love me, man. Love don't keep repeating itself like that. These are some things people don't talk about. Not on the pulpit. People don't want to talk about these things. And this is why some people are in the same situation. Because they're not controlling their thoughts. Why do you think people are dying, y'all? 
Because it comes from your thoughts. It comes from your way of thinking. The more a person think about what somebody done, anger rise up in them, then there's murder. Look at Cain and Abel. Cain was upset because his offering was rejected. So he felt rejected. And what did he do just because his brother's offering was accepted? Why would you get mad at your brother because God rejected yours? This is in the church. We got church people feeling like somebody's accepted more than somebody else. And they hold that. And the more you hold the thing, the more things come out of you. And we as the people of God supposed to control our thoughts by the word of God. We supposed to cast them down. We supposed to get rid of them. Bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But we can let those thoughts think wrong for so long that we build strongholds in our minds y'all when you think wrong for so long you take a thought and that thought builds a wall it builds a fortress in your mind where you're kept in captivity by the enemy and even though a person is telling you what's true you saying it is a lie because it's a stronghold in your mind and you don't know truth from a lie and this is what's happening around us This is why we have to do what the word of God tell us to do. We cannot go opposite to the word of God. The more you do what the word of God tell you to do, it's killing what the enemy desires to do. So here's Amnon. Look at David's house. Didn't God say it's going to be in your own house? Amnon became ill. Why? Because it was the lust of his what? Flesh and eyes. He was watching Tamar, his own sister. And the more he watched her, the more he was taken by his thoughts. The more he was captured by his thoughts. And it became a fortress. It became a stronghold in his mind. And he was so ill because he couldn't find a way to have her. But here is old Slewfoot Satan. Satan knew how he felt. So guess what? He had to have a body to go and talk to to get that person to help Amnon out with the sin. Who was it? It was his best friend, Amnon's best friend. And he said, why you ill and why you not eating? See, that's what friends do. Why you ill? Why you not eating? You losing weight. What's wrong with you? I know you. I'm your friend. You eat all the time. So he poured out his heart. To his friend and his friend said, this is what you do. Let your sister come and and feed you and tell your daddy that you want her to come up in here and cook for you and you eat from her hands. Look at the devil. What daddy is going to deny a daughter to take care of his own son? He knew that. So y'all know what happened. She went in to help her brother and her brother raped her. And it said he hated her after he had her more than he loved her. And he kicked her out in that state and made her feel, how do you think she felt? Like she was thrown away. He took her virginity and just threw her out. He didn't want to look at her no more. Look what the enemy done. You control your thoughts. You will control your actions. Because your thoughts, if they're not controlled, They will hurt somebody else. So this is why we got to get control, y'all, over our thoughts. And y'all know what happened. 
Oh, it was heated up even the more because here's Absalom. Now, see, this is how Absalom come into this picture. Absalom found out what happened to his sister. And as a loving brother, this is what he did. He kept it to himself because his daddy wouldn't do nothing about it. David, the king, wouldn't do nothing about it. But let me back up. Y'all know that the baby that Bathsheba had died. God let him know that that baby was going to die. But going forward with Amnon and Absalom, see how Absalom was out to get revenge, not only with Amnon, but his own father. He was out to get revenge. He kept this anger. He kept this stuff so intact that nobody ever thought that he was angry. He was waiting for the right time. See, that's what anger does. This is what the enemy does. The enemy wait for the right time to pounce. He don't just do it right then. He do it a little bit at a time. When you think everything is okay, that's when the enemy begin to pounce on you. So what did he do? He killed Amnon. Then when he killed Amnon, y'all know he got put out. But then he came back and then he's going to deal with his daddy. So see, he still wasn't controlling his thoughts. Because if he controlled them thoughts, he could control his actions. So then after he dealt with Amnon, he came back after his own father, David. And you know what he did? He was at the gate telling people what he would do outside of David. Come on. But he ain't only, oh, y'all, it gets deep. See, when you don't control your thoughts, then you're going to take action outside of the word of God. That's what the enemy wants. Y'all, it's a mind thing. Your mind controls your body. So Amnon, he died. Absalom came back and he was um, telling the people, this is what I'll do outside of David. The people was loving on Absalom, was they not? And then they was making Absalom king and David got ran out of his own kingdom. Come on. Got ran out of his own kingdom. Then he went and slept with the concubines. He was getting counsel. From one of David's counsel, he got counsel. And they was telling him, this is what you do. They even turned their back on David. So they said, you sleep with the concubines. And oh, but God said, this is already going to happen. So David was sleeping with the concubines. They was going, not David, but Absalom. They was going after David to kill David. But then he didn't only get counsel from one man. He turned around and got counsel from a, a friend of David. This is why David in these Psalms says, it wasn't my enemy. It was my friend. The one who took bread with me. The one who went in the house of the Lord with me. This is what he's saying. It was my friend that did this to me. He was telling um, Absalom about David. He said, the other prophecy that you got, he said, this is what you need to do because I know David. Long story short. If you don't control your thoughts, then your actions is going to be opposite of what God wants you to do. Control your thoughts, you will control your actions. So we know how it worked out. I'm, I'm going a little bit further with Absalom. Do you see how Absalom took over David's kingdom? But David, he got the kingdom back, but guess what happened? He was telling them when they was going to war, but God set this up. Y'all got to understand, God set this up. David went through, but God set it up. Because when he was going to war, 
He said, do not kill Absalom. He told them. David stayed home this time because the people said, we want you to stay home. They were protecting their king. But guess what? When Absalom got hung up by the head or the hair or whatever, he told Joab, this, this man told Joab, do not kill Ab, uh, Absalom. David said, don't kill him. Joab killed him. Joab's reason for killing him was, if it was anybody else, you would have killed them coming up against us. Paraphrasing. But David began to cry over Absalom. That was his son. He left the people when the people came back and won the war. Y'all go read it. I'm paraphrasing. David meet them at the gate and he's congratulating them for winning the war. He left the gate. He was grieving over Absalom. Joab stood up and said, if it was anybody else, you would have been at that gate. You would have been applauding these people. I'm paraphrasing. But just because it was your son and you know what he done and he had the right to die, you crying over him. You need to get at that gate and get in position like you have always been in position. Basically, he was saying, Absalom bought this on himself. Y'all, I'm telling you, the Bible will show you some stuff. If David had to control his thoughts, he would have controlled his actions by him not controlling his thoughts. Then it led to the actions dealing with Bathsheba. It led to him killing Uriah. And then even after he repented, it still went through his house. Because of that thought that he had. Your thoughts will either bring life to you or your thoughts will bring death to you. And we have to choose this day whom we're going to serve. We have to choose that. And the only way we can do it is through the word of God. The word of God is the only thing that's going to keep us, y'all. So we know right from wrong. We know what's right and we know what's wrong. You have a choice to do what needs to be done right. You have to choose no matter how mad somebody makes you. You're out here to honor God, not yourself. It don't matter what people say or they do. You're supposed to show the love of God. You're supposed to walk in the love of God. You're supposed to walk in the spirit. You don't supposed to entertain the flesh. Even though you hurt, God will mend your broken heart. He will bind all your wounds. Even if your husband and your wife have hurt you, God can still heal those wounds where you are hurting. Where you're hurting. And then you'll know what to do. You don't do what they've done. Some women will go sleep around because the husband slept around. What good is that? You don't know what you're going to get up with. You don't do what other people do just to say, I've done it. You do according to what? The word of God and the will of God. You control your thoughts. You will control your actions. And the more you get into the word, y'all, and the word get into you, the more people will see whom you serving. Let's go. To John 13, 2. Y'all remember Jesus chose his apostles. He chose who he wanted to be the apostles when he went into prayer, right? The ones, the 12 apostles that walked with him. One of them that he chose was Judas Iscariot. And the Bible says in John 13, 2. So it was during supper. Satan have already put the thoughts of betraying Jesus in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. Look at this. Satan had already put the thought of betraying Jesus. 
So Judas could have overturned that thought. But Judas wanted 30 pieces of silver. He looked at money more than he looked at Jesus. See, whatever your, whomever or whatever you put your focus on more than you put on God, that is your God. That is your God. If your heart is more sensitive to the world than it is to God, then people are going to see more of the world coming from you than they're going to see God. Wherever you focus on, just like on television, if we're focusing on television all the time, we can tell people what's going on with the TV more than we can tell them what's going on with the word of God. Sit with a person and see what they talk about all the time. See whom they talk about all the time. If you never hear God coming out of their mouth, you can tell where they've been. If they're always talking about, I'm going to get this gadget, I'm going to get that gadget. This is what I'm going to do with this. This is what I'm going to do with that. This is how I'm going to handle this. Oh, did y'all see what that one had on? Did y'all see what this one had on? Didn't that look good? That's where their focus is. But when you focus on things above and not on things of this world, it says set your mind on things above and not on things of this world. Wherever your mind is set, that's where your focus is. So this is why we can't be entertaining things that we don't supposed to entertain. We cannot be watching movies that show nakedness. We can't be doing that because we're getting those images in our mind. And the more we get those images in our mind, it's opening a door to lust. It's opening a door to sexual immortality. And that's not what God wants from us. And the enemy know the more things he put on television. You can't even watch television now. You're seeing so many things that's outside of the will of God. Sometime in the middle of a good movie, all of a sudden I have to forward it. I have to rewind it through to get past something because you're seeing so much lust in a good movie. And I'm saying, okay, mm, my husband ain't watching that. I ain't watching that either. No. See, we let things in our house. We let our children watch things inappropriately that they don't need to be watching. And then you're wondering, what happened to my child? You're wondering, why my child dressing like this? Because, see, we leave them unattended with these iPads. We leave them unattended with YouTube. And then we wonder why our child is being disrespectful. We're wondering why our child is doing things that, where in the world did you get that from? Who did you leave them with? YouTube. Who did you leave them with? TikTok. Who did you leave them with? Who's your babysitter? I'm going to tell you who our babysitters have become. It ain't become Renee. You leave them with TikTok as a babysitter. You leave them with Facebook as a babysitter. You leave them with YouTube as a babysitter. Long as they're quiet, just let them sit. But when you go over there and say, what you, what, what? Oh, uh -uh, I'm cutting you off from that one. Uh Uh-uh, you know how to go in there too quick. Controlling thoughts will control actions. And it's time for the church to take actions, first of all, with ourselves. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit, what have I allowed to come in my life that's not acceptable before God, that's hidden, that I'm not even seeing no more because I have made it such of a habit in my life, it don't look like seeing no more. It just looks like it's okay. Everybody else is doing it in the world. It's them the ones that's doing it. You're not in the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. 
So we got to check ourselves to say, am I doing something to make somebody else stumble? That they think it's okay because I'm doing it. We have to pull back on these things. And we have to say, Lord, deal with me. Because I don't want to make nobody stumble because of something that I'm doing that I don't think is wrong. So even Judas, he portrayed it Jesus. I'm, all, I'm almost wrapping it up. Look at James 1, 13 through 15. Expanded Bible. It says, when people are tempted, undergoing a trial, they should not say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But people are, each person is tempted when their own evil desire leads, lures, drag them away, and traps, entices, lures them. This desire leads to sin. See, this is why I say, when you begin to think something that is not right, you need to get rid of it. Because if you don't get rid of it, it's going to what? Lure you. It's going to trap you. The next thing you know is the desire leads to sin. Then after desires conceive, it gives birth to sin. And then the sin grows or becomes full grown and brings death, brings death in your life. So this is how it happens. So this is why. Go with me. We go into another familiar scripture, wrapping it up. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 through 6. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning fleshly weapons, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Y'all, strongholds are fortresses that are built up in your mind due to your way of thinking, which produces a thought. That thought is what builds up those walls in your mind. And they're opposite to the word of God. This is why he's mentioning this. Why is Paul mentioning this in Corinthians? When you read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, y'all, that church was tore up. And this is what Paul said. You got some strongholds that's built up in your mind. And he said, I'm going to tell you how to get rid of these strongholds. He said, casting down arguments. That means reasonings. These are these thoughts we got to cast down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If there's anything that's putting itself above God, any thought... Anything you're thinking is putting itself above God. You got to cast it down. You got to overthrow it. You got to get rid of it. You do not wait. This is the problem. This is how we wait in the body of Christ. If someone said something to you and it bothers you, it puts you in a position that it makes you feel a certain way and you sweep it under the rug. You ain't even getting rid of it. You're just sweeping under the rug. Well, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to pray for them. Lord, you just changed their heart because they hurt me. God showed them that they hurt me. The Bible say you go to them. We're not obeying God. We're not obeying God. How do you expect, even in a marriage, if my husband said something that hurt me deeply, and I just go in the bedroom, oh, Lord God. He really hurt me. Lord, just show him the hurt. Show him how he hurt me, Lord. Show him. It's been a year and he ain't seen it yet. 
Lord, you know I've been crying out and I'm so hurt. And then he just did something else and it made it worse. Lord, I just can't take it no more. Lord, show him, show him. Been three years. He ain't showed him yet. Well, Lord, now I'm just ready to get a divorce because he's just hurt me too much and I just can't take it no more. So finally. The Lord sent somebody. This I'm paraphrasing this. I'm just using me. But it's not happening, y'all. My husband, no. I'm going to hit it. Even if he don't, I'm going to tell him. Anyway, even if he don't feel like he done it, I got to tell him. So one day somebody come and I sit down and I talk with them and they say, you need to go to your husband. If he hurt you that much, go to him, talk to him. So I go to my husband. He said, what are you talking about, Amanda? You know what I'm talking about. You know what you, y'all has been three daggone years. How is he going to remember three daggone years ago? We women expect men to remember like we remember. Women can remember when the man breathed wrong. Come on now. We can remember what it had on when he breathed wrong. We can remember where he was when he breathed wrong. We can remember. Why is that, women? And then we get mad because they don't remember. They, they, theirs come from the back of their head. True that. It's true. A man take longer to um, really understand what a woman is saying because it got to come from the back to the front. A woman can do three tasks at one time and a man can't keep two going. They got to concentrate. I'll give you proof. Me and my husband, my daughter was in the office last night and we was having a conversation and my husband was uh, on the computer and he was getting ready to tell us something. And me and Ariel stopped. We said, what you got to say? I forgot. <laughs> well, you was just speaking. I forgot. Well, when you remember, bring it back. He ain't told us yet. <laughs> Y'all, it's true. It is true. Peace. I'll, I'll give you an example with me. My daddy would always say this, and I don't know if he remember. He said, Manda can cook, she can clean, and she can do stuff in 30 minutes and all that's done. We multitask. If my food is cooking, I'm going to be cleaning. Hello, somebody. Come on. If my food is cooking, I ain't sitting down. Miss Marianne Bryant, no, she'll turn around a whole living room. You go in there to get ready to sit down. You might fall on the floor. Well, th- yesterday this wasn't like this. A woman can multitask to the point that we get it done. That, that's just true. That's, well, we might have a man in here. Let me just say, it might be a man in here that can do that too. I just know women that do that. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, you got to cast it down. You don't want a stronghold, y'all. This is what this ministry is about. Strongholds. To root up, to tear down, to build up, and to plant. So we got to root up those strongholds. If you don't deal with those strongholds, you're going to have the same patterns. You're going to have the same actions. You're going to have the same behavior. If you don't line up with what the word of God is telling you to do, the enemy is building strongholds. He's building fortresses. And then it's harder for you to get out. But the more you go into the word of God and you plant that seed, 
when you plant life in you, it's going to root up death. It's going to root up that stronghold that was planted. So if you're not going into the word of God on a daily basis, not when you're just in trouble, you can't root up nothing like that. You got to go in and out of the word of God. When things transpire in your life, you got to say, let me see what the word says. And God is not going to lead you wrong. He's going to give you truth according to the word of God. Because God is a God of truth. God is a God of peace and not confusion. So then we have to bring it captive. Isn't that what the word of God says? We have to take every thought, bring it, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we have a part to play in that too. So God is saying controlling your thoughts will control your actions. The only way you can do it is through the word of God. Amen. So this is what we want to do, Miracle Temple, before things get too far out there. In your home, outside of your home, on your job. Capture that thought and say, wait a minute, that's opposing the word of God. That's not the way I should go in and handle this. This is what the word is saying. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what the word is saying. You cannot leave stuff there and don't handle it because you're waiting on a disaster. Don't do that. The enemy is setting you up for failure. Let's do what the word of God tell us to do. Controlling your thoughts will control your actions. Amen. To God be the glory. Can we um, have the announcements and then we're going to go into our communion and then we will dismiss after our communion. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.